from KQED. You're listening to Queued Up. I'm Jeremy Siegel in for Ryan Levy. And first of all, I'm going to thank all the firefighters uh, from nearby and from, from further away uh, doing a great job. I want to thank Last December, Guard. Governor Jerry Brown spoke before first responders and community members in Ventura County. Southern California had been hit by a devastating firestorm that destroyed hundreds of buildings and displaced thousands of people. And just a month before, Northern California saw the worst fire disaster in the state's history. So this is kind of the new normal. Uh, this kind of, I was just looking at my cell phone. The new normal. Those words echoed across newspapers, TVs, and radio stations throughout California. And they came to exemplify a state seemingly plagued by disaster. So we're, gonna, we're facing a new reality in the state uh, where fires uh, threaten people's lives, uh, their property, their neighborhoods. And, course, and this year, that new normal has become all too familiar. Right now, a massive wildfire, more than 26 times the size of Golden Gate Park, is burning just outside of Yosemite. The fire is sending plumes of smoke into Yosemite Valley, blanketing some of the park's most iconic landmarks like Yosemite Falls and Half Dome. When I spoke to a state fire official recently, he said the new normal is over, that we no longer have just fire seasons, now we have fire years. But as KQED science reporter Molly Peterson tells us, there is a way to avoid catastrophic harm. And that's by fighting fire with fire. Last October, fire stormed through the Bouverie Preserve, a wildlife area in Sonoma County, scorching the landscape. And what has come back is stunning. A living carpet of purple lupin, white popcorn flower, yellow fiddleneck. Yeah, now it's <laughs> lush and green with wildflowers. I think it's pretty beautiful. <laughs> Sasha Berlman is a fire ecologist, so to her, this off-the-charts growth signals a healthy landscape. On Bouverie's hills and canyons and woodlands, wildflowers followed the fire. But look closer at the trees, she says. To our right, the heat of the nun's fire blackened the ground and charred the oaks. Their trunks bear the scars of flames up to six feet high. But the fire didn't have to be that severe. With that wind event that we had, you know, it's not that this fire is completely preventable, but we could have probably had an impact on the behavior of the fire within the area that burned. To see how Broman points across the path, on a plot of 17 acres, she lit a fire on purpose last spring. This was a prescribed fire. It burned out dry grasses and brush. So by fall, the nun's fire found less fuel. These trees stayed green. Flames were only inches high. These lands will recover faster. Like it might have not burned so hot or so extreme in the oak woodlands if we had been managing them on a regular basis. She also thinks more planned burns could have saved Bouverie's buildings. That hot and extreme fire torched all but one of them. Burlman went back to the preserve as the fire raged. She and two men were able to save it using a bucket, a shovel, and a chain. Now that building has a special place in my heart. <laughs> we, we spent a good 24 hours together. Burlman says fighting wildfire with planned fire is crucial to the health of California's forest ecosystems and the safety of Californians. She's not alone. In a February report, the watchdog Little Hoover Commission said the way we've managed forests is an unprecedented catastrophe. In May, Governor Brown ordered a dramatic change. 
Now, the chief of Cal Fire, Ken Pimlot, says he's aiming to use planned burns on three times as much land in the future. Putting prescribed fire back out on the landscape at a pace and scale to get real work done and to actually make a difference is a high priority. It really is, and it's going to take a lot of effort. The Little Hoover Commission says we're talking about an area the size of Maryland that needs maintenance or planned fire. That includes private, state, and federal land. Late in May, wildland firefighters for the U.S. Forest Service hacked a line into the earth around the area they plan to burn. Burning just these 23 acres in the Tahoe National Forest offers a glimpse of how hard these projects are to pull off. Hi. This is Jennifer Hinckley. Hinckley is Tahoe's fire and fuel specialist. You've rivered it up, go back. When they decided last minute to burn, she agreed to record the scene for us on her phone. We're on the Yuba River District near Pendola, overlooking Bullard's Bar. Before the first torch can even drip fire on the ground, federal law requires extensive environmental review. It started <laughs> a few years back. Once they got the go-ahead, they waited months for the right conditions. That could be how fast is the wind moving, how hot or cold is it, how much water is there in the organic soil. And it was a very wet spring. Next, Hinkley says her crews often need to chop and flatten vegetation to make safe conditions for burning. And even if they get past all of that, Hinkley says she might not have enough warm bodies for the job, like last fall. Most of our wildfire crews were down in, in Southern California fighting the Thomas Fire and some other fires or over in Santa Rosa. And so I didn't have crews to perform prescribed burns because the wildfires take priority. If the permit is done and the weather is right and crews are available, it still might be too polluted to add more smoke to the air. One last thing needed is permission from air regulators. It's hard to get. Smoke from Sierra Nevada forests funnels toward the Central Valley, where the air is consistently bad. The consequences are the same in terms of patient response. Fresno doctor Praveen Budiga is an asthma and allergy specialist. I mean, patients are going to have the same effects of the fire. State and regional airboards say they're working to balance forest and human health. That's going to require public education. This spring, a groundbreaking study concluded that wildfire smoke contains three times as much pollution as smoke from prescribed fires. Cal Fire's Ken Pimlot says he wants air regulators to permit more burning more often. We can prevent these large catastrophic fires, or at least reduce the intensities when fires do occur. So a little bit of smoke now and a little bit of inconvenience now is well worth offsetting you know, these large damaging fires. Environmentalist Craig Thomas is with the group Sierra Forest Legacy. He says in the last 25 years, it's become easier to get scientists and wildland managers heading in the same direction. During that time, Thomas points out that more people have moved into wildlands from cities. There is a, you know, thinking that a landscape is like a photograph. You know, we have these big, beautiful trees and we want to freeze frame that. You can't do that, Thomas says. For thousands of years, lightning strikes have caused fire. It's a natural disturbance. So fire moving through the landscape is a process that is every bit as much of the picture of where you land as the trees are. Thomas says the forests are a movie, not a picture. Trees have a starring role. So does fire. And fire doesn't have to be the bad guy in a summer blockbuster if California does more planned burns on the land.
Thanks to Molly Peterson from KQED's science team for bringing us that story. If you want to read more about it and find the latest on California's wildfires, go to kqednews.org. And if you like Queued Up, you can subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening. If you missed Ryan Levy this week, you can catch him on another KQED podcast, Bay Curious. Each week, Bay Curious answers a listener question like, why is riding between two lanes on a motorcycle only legal in California? Find Bay Curious wherever you get your podcasts.